Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. And welcome to Anachronismo. I'm Jackie. I'm Max. I'm Noel. And tonight I'm going to be talking about John Cleve Symes Jr. and his hollow earth theory that almost led to a U.S. expedition for the hollow earth. And I'm going to be talking about a medieval Europe ailment called the glass delusion or scholar's melancholy. Mm. Melancholy? Collie. Melancholy. Like scholars. Dog. Melancholy. Little yeah, like, sad dog. Like a cantaloupe and lass, he had a baby. Uh-huh. Melancholy. It was, it was sad. Good no. Don't know how to pronounce basic words. That's good. <laughs> good attribute. Good quality. That's okay. I, I once said melancholy first time I said it out loud. So it's definitely one of those words that you read a lot more than you say. Real reader's vocab there. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It was a interesting ailment that uh just kind of came and went between the fifteenth uh, to nineteenth century. Interesting. So, uh, a delusion where people believe themselves to be glass, huh? Yeah. Philip Glass or Ira Glass? Sorry? <laughs> Philip Glass or Ira Glass? Well, already you clearly know more about this topic than I. I did not find out the specific glass. I don't even know what the difference between those two are. You got a well, smug smile on your face as I, you're about to make me look like a total jackass in front of people. It's just odd for a podcaster to not know Ira Glass. Ira Glass? This American Life, Ira Glass. He's no. the host of a very long-running podcast, radio, radio show on NPR. Mm, yeah, or never... Philip Glass, famous avant-garde composer. Okay, I didn't know who that one was. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, no, I, I actually did not. I for doing this podcast, I actually rarely listen to podcasts. Mm, Got to keep it pure. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, all right, awesome. Uh, so, I feel bad now. Well, yeah, I caught you in Max, my, you, you're, you in my you're, word you're, trap. You're two for three now for yeah. starting off, just making me just feel like shit. Oh, I love you. The only I thing, I ah, uh, Glass Steagall. That was some nineteenth-century legislation. <laughs> See, you're ahead of me now. Glass Wait. menagerie. Mm-hmm. Blue glass. Sea Blue glass. glass. Sea glass. Oh, no. Glass-Steagall was in 1930s. Okay. Mr. Glass from... The uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to a coworker about this today, and he's like, are you doing this because that movie's coming out? And I was like, no, now I'm not. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> or is it? Uh, it's a great movie tie-in. So the Glass Delusion is a interesting malady that affected a lot of uh, scholars and nobles royalty in uh, medieval Europe during the 14th to 18th century. And it was interesting because it was just one of these maladies that came and went and people really don't know exactly the causes. They have guesses to why it happened or what were the events that sort of uh, either wizard turned you into glass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it started with that for sure. And then the wizards just kept on doing it and people couldn't stop them. And then, and then the wizards left. Yeah. yeah. And then the wizards were like, okay, it's 
cool. We've got other things to do. I mean, I I wouldn't put it past him. Did you hear about the news from J.K. Rowling about uh, 1700s, pre-1700s and earlier wizards? Oh, she retconning more stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or What'd she say? The, in the uh, 1700s and earlier, wizards didn't use bathrooms. They just uh, went where they stood and magicked it away. Like animals. Wait, 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 what? Wait. Oh. I mean, if you could, <laughs> would you not? I mean, no, I would use a chamber. I would, like, take down my pants and poop somewhere discreet and then maybe magic away. I wouldn't just go in my robes. So maybe. Like, she like just, a horse would. She, she was just saying that. Wizards would poop in their robes. Yeah, wherever they were when they had to go, they would just they would just mess themselves and then use a vanishing charm to make it go away. So using transfiguration and then a scourgeify or some other spell to clean their robes. Specifically vanishing charms. Maybe you do which it Which are only taught in like the fifth year and onward. Maybe you do it so quickly that as it's coming out it's disappearing. I don't think that's you prevent the I I grossness. The way it was phrased was just like where they stood was there a why to this oh it was to justify how why a bathroom led to the chamber of secrets is because of a big renovation of hogwarts into uh after uh was discovered modern plumbing why not just say they realized they needed another bathroom on that floor so they added one because it's a much easier she just needs i don't know that's a great question jackie when you're gonna just answer a question why not just retcon everything but i that's (laughs) the thing here's the thing if wizards were pissing and shitting themselves and then just vanishing it at that point in time, I would not put it past them uh, enchanting people to make them believe they're glass or to turn them into glass uh, when when they see them doing that. When when a king just comes along and be like, you know, there's something called a chamber pot. And it was just like, you're glass and runs away, scurries away, leaving a stench behind them. See, uh, you know, the, the thing is, the first person to suffer from glass delusion was a man. But the last one was a woman. Huh? So we've made up ground, everybody. We've Yay. done it. <laughs> Gender parody. No, it, but uh, the first one to uh, suffer from glass illusion was King Charles VI. That sounds he, like a King Charles. He went from Charles the Benevolent to Charles the Mad over a short span of years. <laughs> Ooh. And, you know, he had come onto the throne originally. He kind of was kind of this progressive king who had he'd kind of cleaned out some of the uh, harmful practices of predecessors. And, you know, he was just this stand-up guy and then modern scholars believe that he suffered from some form of schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and he began to just kind of go well to the time just mad and crazy and one of the things that he did was he started to claim that he was made out of glass which is a weird thing because there had been no recorded thing um prior to this but yeah he had these violent fits he would just stay still on his bed for long periods of time. He had special iron clothes made for himself because he was afraid that on contact, he would just shatter. How do you poop in iron pants? I I think he just, he just chamber pots or... The, the butt was definitely the like magic. a built-in chamber pot that like unscrewed. We <laughs> got carried away. You screw a new one on. Oh, so you have to turn it all yeah, the way yeah, around and slosh it around before you can take it off. Well, otherwise, it just, it just falls off. I mean, maybe there were latches. I don't know. Mm. I don't know the, the state of medieval metallurgy. Yeah, I don't either. I was actually thinking the other day, like, at what point did ironworking become good enough that you could develop, like, screws and bolts and stuff? Threading. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the unscrewable butt. <laughs> That's not going to come out up at exactly that form, um, but there were some interesting notes 
uh, specifically around glass butts. <laughs> so Charles is the first one uh, of note afflicted with this condition, and he just spends really the rest of his life bedridden, fearful that he's going to break if he gets touched, making these iron clothes for himself. But then it starts to pick up in the 15th and 16th century as other kind of prominent nobles or scholars all of a sudden just have this fear that they are made out of glass. Not all of them had any explicit mental illness uh, that manifested like schizophrenia. Some just appeared to be very sharp, intelligent people, totally normal, except for this fear that they were made out of glass. And they, would <laughs> they were be... probably made out of glass is why. <laughs> Occam's razor. Yeah. Occam's razor. Totally normal, but they think they're made out of glass. Probably made out of glass. Probably. probably. Do they all have the same nursemaid as a child who told them all stories about turning to glass since this spanned several hundred years i'm, I'm gonna lean on the she's a wizard no. she's a wizard she's oh. a wizard Harry. did they all roll around to the beach uh and get really sandy and then it was like a really hot day and the sand melted on them and they like were like instead of thinking like oh there's a layer of glass in my skin they're like i've become glass after my cursed roll in sand no or at least, good. So beyond the nobles getting this uh, disease, like it started to show up in scholarly works. There was even a short story in play, El Licenciado Vidriera, a play called The Glass Graduate, talking about the protagonist of this play who drinks a potion and becomes partially glass and sort of withdraws from the world. So obviously, like this was working its way into like modern uh, conversation, uh, medicine plays. Doctors uh, like really actually tried to get people out of this delusion. It seems that from what I see, the doctors were pretty much the only ones who were not kind of buying into this. Mm -hmm. So there was a person who allegedly suffered from glass delusion and he lay on this bed of straw because he was fearful lying on something else would cause him to shatter. So this doctor locked the door, ordered his hammer. bed to be set on fire, and then went on the other side of all, all and locked a door. So this person, fearful for their own life, got up and started pounding on the door, being like, let me out. And they just asked him back, well, if you're made of glass, why aren't your hands breaking as you pound on this door? Because he's tempered now. Mm. Oh. Yeah. He's Pyrex. I don't think they had tempered glass at the time, or at least not in the kind of... Wait, what? I don't actually know what tempered glass is. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, too. I what? figured it had to do with temperature, like tempered it's, chocolate. It's fired, and there's chemicals added to make it better. Okay. Well, see, so this probably would not have been around this time because part of the reason that they believe that this delusion or this disorder came up was because at this time and why it specifically affected nobles was because at this time nobles were all made of glass yes <laughs> and also transparent glass and for windows and such were only starting to come into prominence that and only the richest in society could afford them mm. so they think that there was some link between this just rare precious almost in some respects considered kind of this magical element that only the rich could buy versus this kind of disease that afflicted the rich where they looked at it as this some strange tragedy that they were that they themselves were made out of glass what if the poor experienced it too? They just didn't have the words to describe. I'm made out of some clear, brittle thing. What's the word? What, what, ice. Know, how do I know brittle? Are you thinking ice? No, no, I'm not cold. I'm not cold. Mm -hmm. Are you drinking enough milk and calcium? Because we know what that is. 
Are your bones just too brittle from from oh. osteoporosis, oh, that oh, thing oh, that we diagnosed? Oh, and- only the dead have bones. We've proved that with uh, science. Oh, oh. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you hardened gelatin from bones? That's a very personal question. Are you kind of a partially melted sugar? That What's sugar? Uh, uh, I don't, honey, what's around at this time? <laughs> oh, like honey crystals. Yeah, honey Taste crystals. Taste me, am I sweet? No. Well, no, honey then, not honey. It can't be that. What am I? Um, so an interesting note, though, uh, that came up is that uh, men in particular seem to be, seem to believe that they had a certain focus that their glasses were made out of. Their butts were made out of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Their glasses were made, made out, out of butts. butts. <laughs> just walking around. Just, I can't see anything. I have a butt on my face. I have to poop to see. Um, oh, there you are. <laughs> it's only when it really flexes up can I just kind of see at the edges of my, of my if, glasses. If I want to read, I have to eat a lot of broccoli and greens. <laughs> a lot of beans if I want to read. Wait, so why... Why, why glass butts? Why butts? Why glass butts? I, I, why men in butts? Why men's I mean, glass butts? In, in so much as the entire disorder itself is not clearly understood, there are some certain ties and connections to it. The focus on the butt, I did not find anything following up on just like notes that these people afflicted would just tie pretty much pillows on their butts and they were scared <laughs> of sitting down just for fear of just shattering pillow. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it's a it's I mean it's a hard thing to guess like his, yeah. on historical diseases like why like almost like that tap dancing disease like where it came from and why but there are some Def- weird connections but yeah definitely those, started some fashion crazes with those pillow butts. Those guys the like their screwable on unscrewable butts. Yeah. Just screw on butt. Yeah, would have saved a lot of people a lot of problems if yeah. they could just take their butts off and be free. Wouldn't it save us all a lot of problems? So uh, one of the last glass butts. of the 19th century glass people butts. that were afflicted with this, this disease was Alexandra Amelie. Mm-hmm. I think if it's A-M-E-L-I-E. Yeah, Amelie. All right, Alexandra Amelie, who as a young child was just seen that she would be walking down the halls of her home like sideways because she had this idea that she had eaten a glass piano hole as a child. Mm-hmm. And was afraid that if anyone would touch her, she would break uh, and just shatter. And it was just one of the last recorded cases of this time span. She was otherwise very smart um, and intelligent and just, you know, very with it, except for this strange idea that she was physically vulnerable in a very, like, real life-threatening day-to-day way. Mm. One lighter note on the the butt-afflicted glass people Mm -hmm. was that... There was one case of a doctor trying to cure this person of that idea by, by just hitting their butt with a hammer. Hitting no, their butt with a no, hammer. Not with a hammer, just with a switch or something like just whipping their butt. <laughs> just saying, Look, it's not glass, you idiot. Get a hold of yourself. Uh, that I, sounds really traumatic. Ting, I should ting, still be respected. Yeah, that, that one guy that the doctor does it is like, ding. <laughs> he just rubs his butt. It's like almost like rubbing one of those wine glasses. <laughs> Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> a butt of glass. <laughs> Speaking of butts, the mid-19th century was not the last cases of uh, glass delusion. Mm-hmm. There were other occasions recorded, the most recent one being in the 1960s. 
that someone was recorded as coming into like just kind of checking themselves in saying that I'm made out of glass. And before I go into this interesting segue, I have a more relevant note to add to this. So if you farted oh. with a butt made of glass, do you think it would sound like a um like a a ding or like a I think more like whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. or maybe like a flute. Maybe like maybe like you're blowing across the top of a jug. Do you think? Yes. Do you think like that's the, the, the one. honestly <laughs> though the the shape of the butt might have a lot to do with it? Mm. You know how firm is this butt? Is it kind of like a mushy butt? Well, if of it's made glass. of glass, it's a very firm. Butt. I know, but how like you know you even if you have a really really tight butt, like it still has a little bit of give to it. So where do they they think the glass was? Like their bone? Like I think like the entirety of the butt, skin and all, skin, yeah. muscle, blood. Man, people were weird. So the note before I go on to the 20th century cases of glass delusion is one of the reasons that they actually think that glass delusion or glass delusion started to disappear was just the availability of glass. Like by this time, it started to become much more common to see just completely transparent glass uh, mm-hmm. used for like window panes um i don't know when it was used more for uh glasses and you know yeah. mm-hmm. uh, demystified dinnerware yeah because i could not find enough about this but apparently after this time the 19th century started to see this thing called cement delusion because cement what? started to become uh mixed and like used a lot mm-hmm. um and I did not find enough about that to really continue on that vein, but it just is people find whatever they want, whatever the new cool thing is, and they're that. I'm fairly certain I'm made of carbon nanotubes. If a carbon nanotube farted, what would it sound like? So in 1964, in Leiden, um, a patient checked themselves into a hospital claiming that they were made out of glass. Mm-hmm. A doctor who had, you know, heard of records of this happening, uh, you know, just as late as just 130, 150 years before, was like, all right, I've got a, I, this is a real chance to actually talk to someone who uh, feels this way. And so they met with this person, and an interesting thing is that, you know, they they asked what it was like feeling like they were made of glass, like what was the actual sensation. And allegedly this patient, you know, pointed to a window in the room and said, okay, well, what can you see? And the doctor pointed out that they could see just everything that was outside, cars, buildings, you know, trees, whatever. And the patient said, you missed the glass in the window, like you don't you don't see it, but it's there, and that's what it's like feels like to be made out of glass. What an eloquent patient! What an eloquent person suffering yeah, from mental delusion. I don't know if you they know, probably they probably the thought transcription about it a lot. was. Yeah. Feels like a different thing though. The other one know, seemed like it was yeah. like the physical sensation, and this mm. one was more of like a psychological. Well, that, that's sounds the like thing. more of a Mister Cellophane kind of a thing. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like they they felt like that this person like in digging up this patient's history, they had had. Um, they had had sort of some family issues. They had, I think, been in an accident recently. And so they thought, like, this is some psychological trauma related to it, that it's not really it's not really the same as this kind of weird mystification or like, deification of glass. Uh, glass in the past. But it's just this interesting thing where people are, you know, have something that, like, they're projecting them, their physical mm-hmm. bodies, almost like they're projecting certain mental states onto their physical bodies. Um, so, yeah. 
is an interesting little read because I didn't want to do a story about World War II strategies and and little tiny cute animals with human jobs. I was like, this week I'm going to do something that Max would do. I'm going to look up interesting historical behaviors because Max is my hero. No matter how much shit he talks about me, Max is my hero. Now I feel bad about my whole scrapbook of all the times you've fallen down in public. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Remember that time he made fun of you? Oh, yeah. Two episodes ago? Yeah. I still feel bad about that. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) You should. Uh I cut out a lot of that. Oh, the, the the things that, you know, make you... <laughs> like the part where you're talking about me being a condor drinking milk. Okay. That okay. seems right. Why, seems right. Yeah. Well, you were projecting... I was projecting certain feelings towards condors and milk. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sad you cut that out. Sorry. That was a good... They will be speaking of this in hundreds it, of years. It's gonna Why? Be, <laughs> it's going to be in our special features when we eventually start a Patreon. Eventually. All right. Yeah. So has anyone ever cured... Or um, resolved of this issue? Yes. Yeah. In the records, like, apparently the person who had laid in their bed, which got set on fire, yeah. um, allegedly had been cured of it or kind of realized that, you know, he was not made of glass. He was able to quickly get up and run and, you know, he was in pain and not just like, oh, this is glass. It'll get hot, but my body will be totally fine and not horribly disfigured how long Um, were they gonna wait before opening the door i think there were people on the other side of it from it's yeah people on the other side keeping it closed until he says he's not glass come on now say you're sorry for saying you were made of glass we don't have i mean i have all day you don't have all day that Mm. that bed is on fire make him say that he will give me 10 groats as well it is binding binding i've said to a doctor (laughs) okay (laughs) I'll say you'll give him 10 groats. We'll give you 10 groats. Wait, who am I giving the groats to? (laughs) To me, the man on the other side of the door who is not made of glass. Oh, okay. Well, good then. Well, I'll be on my way. I I hear a wizard's going to piss themselves and magic it away on the other side of town. And I've got to see that shit. Or not see that shit, uh, depending on if they're a wizard or not. Uh, We'll see if I can get him to to transmute his robe to glass, so I might see it. We're having a lot of fun today. Maybe the wizards were more advanced in the past, and they learned that spell earlier. Maybe. Or at least more careless. Because it's it's like um, in places where there's not disposable diapers, kids are potty trained much quicker. Yeah. It's kind of like when you need to, you learn it. Mm -hmm. You probably didn't used to have the rule about not doing magic over the summer. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. That would be hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, these students. Oh, God, we got to expel them if they do the spell to clean their poop. But if they don't, they just show up to class. They smell like shit. What do squibs do? What do squibs do? Uh, they make latrines, I guess. Yeah, no, squibs got to. They can't They can't magic it away. Some other thing to distinguish them from their families. I'm sure that's actually probably the, the high point in the squibs like you know, history of their being like, we can't figure this out. We keep shitting ourselves, but we can't magic it away all the time. What What do you squibs do? It's like, we go in a bathroom. Oh, a bathroom. You know, squib, the word squib probably came from, from poop. the poop. The sound of it. The sound of it or of like them like walking around in it. Squib, 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 squib. Yeah. That may be. Jackie looks like she's about to throw up. <laughs> Uh, that's well. That's even worse, though. If that's 
if they whoa, whoa, whoa no wait that's so bad if the people that can't do magic were named after the sound of just shit sloshing around in your robes yeah there's a reason it's a slur jk no. you gotta answer jk jk i challenge you jk no this. i'm not jk in here you need to tell us what is the deal <laughs> with squibs being called squibs is yeah. it because they they just they is historically they were so envious of wizards that they would rather just like shit themselves clean up their robes and be like guys i did magic even when they clearly had not like what yeah jk answer answer this JK. question you've opened this door jaggy i think just shivered <laughs> i'm freezing cold <laughs> oh okay. sorry yeah. well we should get on with our glass talk instead right. of our ass talk what material you would no we've already did that one anyone got a good hypothetical for this one I think mine is going to be along the same lines. If you could be made of anything, what would you want it to be? Pizza that's pie. A, that's the thing. If if you were, it's more like I don't want to be made dr- of dogs. If you dreaded being made of something, I oh, think yeah. is really the the question. Like, what would what would be the thing that you'd be most fearful? Of? Oh. And I'm gonna not start this off. <laughs> no, it's just I, I don't even know if this will make the cut of the podcast. But an interesting thing that got brought up in uh, one of the articles I read is like. You know, the this glass delusion, cement delusion, et cetera, um, sort of manifests itself even today. Like, you know, there are people that are, you know, convinced that there are microchips in their head or that they are somehow like fused with technology or that they're, you know, living in a computer simulation. Mm-hmm. So it's almost become like it, it has almost become some primordial or ancient yeah. thing that mm-hmm. just kind of gets applied to the latest. Yeah, it's like how greatest. sleep paralysis used to be like. Uh, so a lot of it, now, a lot of people now with sleep paralysis think it's like aliens coming in, or like Slenderman or shadows or shit like that. But it used to be before, uh, before aliens, you know, with sleep. So with sleep paralysis, you imagine like a horrible figure in the room, you can't move, and they're taking you somewhere, right, or telling you something. So before, uh, you know, it used to be the Virgin Mary would come in and pinch you and tell you to do things, or spirits of the air would come in and, and like yell at you to, to to do stuff, or like hold you down, or like a demon would, like going mm-hmm. back farther and farther in history, and whatever was like really prominent in pop culture of the time uh, became the new thing. And when aliens came on the scene in pop culture in the 50s, that's when the first incidences of people with sleep paralysis being like, a fucking alien is doing this to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really interesting how delusions change with the times. I like the idea yeah. that religion is pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's, yeah. I've just never heard it that way. Yeah. It was a fun little phrase. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was hugely popular in culture, pop culture. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, good point, Manol. Well said. I think it I would, would be afraid of teenagers with scratchy things. Mm. You'd be afraid of being made of teenagers with scratchy like, things? No, no, no. Of teenagers with scratchy things like, would be my biggest like fear. Like carving a heart with like two initials yeah. in it. <laughs> like, That's not even me. I don't even know anyone. Stop! That Stop! name begins with M and, and, and B. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I think it would actually be, I, I say this possibly from watching great british baking show i would hate to be uh made out of dough with this idea that if i lie still long enough i'm gonna expand to like several times my size and then just harden <laughs> into like a statue that's a bad bake no bit stodgy yeah yeah um i think it'd probably be ice for me and this is just like a serious thing i just don't like touching ice and being made of ice would be awful for me i, I would just always be touching ice and always hearing the sound of ice scraping against ice or other things and i hate those those sounds mm. yeah we don't like like touching like even like touching an ice, ice or, or frost. Don't eat pie. I don't. I don't. I don't eat popsicles. You know. Oh. 
Yeah. Hmm. I like ice cream still. You know, I just like well, ice cream has that like texture. To yeah, it. yeah. It's, it's got not, like it's that. not frosty. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't, don't like it. I, I got my foot trapped in a rock during a snowstorm when I was a kid, and I think that's where it started. Oh, yeah. 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 Jesus. So you must like real – so like winter is, without a doubt, your least favorite. I don't mind ice if it's outside on the ground. Oh, okay. Just like touching it in a freezer or with my hand or something like that. So Underneath like an artificial – I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Or like frost. Frost is very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I wouldn't want to be made of ice. Or balloons. I don't have a phobia about balloons. I just think it would be annoying to hear the squeaking. I got my the foot squeaking caught in some be balloons once, and I got lifted fifty feet off the ground. <laughs> I was like that boy who faked being in a hot air balloon, but it was real. It was real, damn it. Was it. <laughs> you mean the boy who fell down, fake being fallen down a well? Or? No, no. The the oh god, I don't. I this was probably or fifteen years ago. Okay. Like the the boy who um, it was a big Cried news balloon. thing where. This family had said, like, this boy had uh, been in their hot air balloon and had taken off. And so there was all this news coverage of, like, oh, my God, how are we going to get this kid out of here? And the kid had just – it was almost like a, this publicity stunt by the parents. The kid was fine. He had not been in the balloon. They had just – They just let a balloon go? Yeah. This was a huge, like, news story. It was, like, national news. Balloons are so expensive. Yeah. I Well, I don't I – mean, I don't know if it was, like, a friend's or they had – Gone to some place. I, I don't know. Ex- I can't remember. This is so long ago, but it was like a big national news thing of this like kid that they thought was um, just sort Stuck of in a balloon in a hot air balloon that was like somewhere in the U.S. They were trying to track where it had been. I have and the no kid memory of this. Was lying or I? Or like that guy who uh, tied his lawn chair to a bunch of weather balloons and uh, floated up into the stratosphere. Oh, do you not know this one? Is this I, not one is not as common I, I knowledge as I think? I know this one. I've heard okay. it. I, I, I don't remember I the, out, the outcome okay. of it. I couldn't or, remember if this was on a TV show or if it happened in real life. Or if you were like, just like, is Max so- slowly like laying the seeds for the plot to up and <laughs> is trying to catch me in a trap? <laughs> no, that's, that's not a real thing that happened with uh, an Australian man. Said, I'm just going to go in the stratosphere by tying weather balloons to my lawn chair hmm. and miraculously survived getting into the stratosphere in his lawn chair. Wow. Stratosphere is the lowest. Yeah. Okay. Still pretty impressive, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how I don't, I have no sense for how high that is. It's like several miles above Earth. Jesus. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Did he have a seatbelt? <laughs> Apparently, it was a very comfortable lawn chair. According so to his it, later reports. Did he get down by just starting to pop them? Yep. He had a gun <laughs> with him to pop the balloon. <laughs> or to, you know, to fucking end it if it started to go bad. Like, he was like, why didn't you just bring a tiny little pin to start popping those balloons? Like, nah. <laughs> nah, things nah, can get nah. pretty hairy up in the sky. Nah, mate. Yeah, yeah. You don't really to... understand. Yeah. What if he has to fight off a bird? You need a gun for that. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> or just to get, you know, a meal uh, up there. Why did I wear the sky? Why did I wear the suit jacket made out of rodents and worms? <laughs> <laughs> Damn birds, sir. You know when eagle sees you up there and they're like, yeah. I'm the baddest thing in the sky. Not you. And then the eagle comes and gets him. So he has to get out the gun and shoot. Shoot an eagle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, he kind of went into its territory. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. The eagle has all the rights. It does. To murder this man. Yeah. And, wow. then, and then shit him out and then have a wizard make the poop vanish. So Jackie, <laughs> tell us about your story. I some poop in my britches and a feather in my cap. Because I just ate an eagle. Oh, okay, so my story. 
Hey, welcome to the break. Uh, if you are enjoying our show, why not leave us a review on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or tell a friend about our show or just send us an email at etsnacronismo at gmail.com. Uh, we're part of the Make Fun Network. A bunch of good shows on there, including us, Top 5 of Death, and This Rules It Sucks. Oh, one more thing. Yes. We have a live show coming up March 1st in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Come on down. The, the Democracy Center uh, at 8.30 p.m. 8.30? On March 1st. That's a Friday. And it's free with a suggested donation. So it's go, you go for free, and then you can leave afterwards, but you'll feel bad if you don't put some money in a hat. Yeah. Um, you won't feel that bad. Mm-hmm. They don't really guilt you. Yeah. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you there again. All right, here's back to the show. <laughs> My story tonight is about John Cleves Symes Jr. Um, he was an army officer who was on, basically on the lecture circuit talking about hollow earth theory. So, do you guys know what hollow earth theory is? The theory that the earth is hollow and there's another society inside the earth. I don't know about the society part. Oh, that's just a Jules Verne novel. That's a lot of novels. Yeah. Science fiction hopped all over this Wait, theory. Mm-hmm. Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. Is it, that's Jules, oh, oh, that's Jules Verne. You saved me from making a stupid Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. No, no, no. Conan Sherlock Doyle. in the middle of the earth. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote very little science fiction. No, well, he wrote, the, he wrote Lost Worlds. Not the Michael Crichton one, but he wrote the other. What were they? Discover the Lost Society in the No, jungle. that's Jules Verne again. Is that Jules? <laughs> Wait, no. No. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I'll just do some background on this. Hold guy. on, hold on. I really need to hear Noel find out that. No. Oh, The Lost Word, World, uh, Conan Doyle. Uh, you're right. I said. Okay. Yeah, so he did some. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so John Cleve Symes Jr. was born in New Jersey in uh, 1780. And he. He was an army officer. He fought in the War of 1812. And after the war, he moved west to Kentucky and tried to make it as a traitor. Um, and he didn't really. Um, Why? So because he wouldn't let his country down? Or? <laughs> he actually came from a line of uh, patriotic heroes. His uncle, John Cleves Symes, was a Revolutionary War hero and added junior to his name just to distinguish himself from his uncle so mm-hmm. they wouldn't get mixed up. He's not actually a junior. He oh. just added that to Oh, yeah, because that's your dad himself. to be a junior. Mm-hmm. Or a smaller Whopper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, is the Whopper Junior the son of the Whopper? I think so. Or it's intended for the son of the person who's eating the Whopper. No, that doesn't make any sense. It's for smaller people to eat smaller burgers. Oh my God, are Whopper Juniors baby Whoppers? Or am I? I'm sorry. I I this is a rabbit hole. We don't have to go down. Please go on. It's like um, like George Foreman. Mm. All his sons are named George Foreman. Junior, and we're supposed to eat his sons off his grill? I'm just saying there's multiple Wait, Whopper all juniors. of George Foreman's sons are named George Foreman? Yes. Yeah. How many sons does he have? Like six. And they're all named George <laughs> yeah. Foreman? Aren't his, wait, aren't his daughters also named George Foreman? Or I don't know he, about that. Because yeah. I thought it was all his kids and he had both sons and daughters. Wait, are all of his kids grills? No. They all have a grill. They Yeah. We all own a girl. This is his biological children. I, I thought all of them were named. It might just be the sons. I, I thought for some reason it was. Are they all really named George Foreman, even the women? No, no. So George Foreman, his children's names are Frida Foreman, George Foreman the Third, Georgetta Foreman, 
Leola Foreman, Natalia Foreman, George Foreman Jr., George Foreman the Fourth, George Foreman the Fifth, George Foreman the Sixth, Michi Foreman, Courtney Isaac Foreman, and Isabella Brenda Lilija Foreman. Narcissistic or lazy, Noel? I I don't know because yeah, like it certainly dispels like the the blanket rumor you hear that like because I had always heard it that all of his children, but it's it's like forty percent of his children. But yeah, that sounds like that's still a lot of kids. Yeah, I know that six George Foremans and one Georgetta Foreman. Yeah, that's a lot. Also, there's a lot yeah. of kids. It is a lot of kids. Damn. Anyway, so that was a fun little aside. Yeah, let's go on with the story. <clears throat> yeah, so he got his idea about um, the hollow earth when he was just contemplating the rings of Saturn. So the unique thing about John Cleves Symes Jr.'s hollow earth theory was that instead of the earth just being merely hollow, it was hollow, but it had five concentric earths with smaller ones in between. A matryoshka earth? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like Much like the rings of Saturn. It was okay. like a big one, a little one, a little one, a little one to five. Like a gobstopper. Yeah. With space in between. Okay. And Not like a gobstopper. The other unique thing that he thought was that there were entry points to the inner parts at the poles of the Earth, and that the slope was so gradual that one might not even notice that they were going inside the Earth if they were to walk inside. He theorized that the one at the North Pole was um, 6,000 miles in diameter, and that's when it started curving in. Ah. And all of the inside concentric earths were um, warm and populated with flora and fauna, perhaps even men, because the sun would reflect off of the outer concentric sphere Mm -hmm. and reflect into the inside one, and it would just keep doing that. So even the one in the middle was nice and sunny and habitable. I just don't have the heart to tell him. (laughs) That's not how sun work. It's not how a lot of things work. And it's like he's half right. So, like, there are these concentric worlds, but there's just a bunch of, like, sad, not even bleached skeletons because there's no sunlight down there. Oh. He's like, oh, no. Damn you, son. Not you, son. Oh. Oh. John Chivas, the fourth, fourth. through eighth. <laughs> <laughs> so, John was spouting his theories in the mid 19th century. He was on the lecture circuit. He was sending out pamphlets, letters. He was really trying to bulk it up. But this theory had been largely just proven by the 1740s and the 1770 and 1770s. Mm-hmm. So he was um, about the same time that wizards discovered toilets. Oh, Coincidence? Where do you think all that <laughs> poops go? <gasps> it's a landfill. It's all going inside the earth. Sorry, Max. I kind of screamed that one. Yes, you did. Sorry. It's okay. I got excited. Yeah. So he was very much so behind the times with this theory. Um, and as he was spouting it, most people thought he was crazy and just kind of laughed at him. And reasonably so. Yeah. So he spent a lot of money sending a circular out to... Uh, you don't even mean a globular? <laughs> no, I don't. He sent a circular out to, to heads of government, universities, any research center, pretty much anyone he thought would even have a sliver of hope of believing him or funding his crazy idea, he sent them letters. And in his letter, he asked for 100 brave companions uh, to join him in this... Oh, sorry, let me pull it up. It's, it's better. To all the world, I declare the earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spheres, one within the other. 
and that it is open at the poles twelve or sixteen degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth, and am ready to explore the hollow, if the world will support and aid me in the undertaking. It really does sound like a grand undertaking. It really, it does. Yeah. And he, Literally. He proposed that they would start um, in Siberia mm. and explore the polar region and, and go in. He thought they would go in in the, um, in the fall, and they'd pop out by next spring. <laughs> Does he know how big 6,000 miles is? Because that's a lot of miles. Yeah, but yeah, 6,000 miles is the diameter. So if oh, you just okay. go in and go out in the same okay, spot. Okay. Not as bad. It could just take a few months. Okay. I guess it depends how many of the spheres you're exploring. Yeah. If you're down on one sphere, it's distance, you know. That's, that's might true. Might be a lot shorter. It's a smaller globe. Yeah. yeah. They were going to travel by reindeer and sleighs. And it just, it sounded very fun. And his entrance point became known as Siamese Hole. <laughs> And he went up to the North Pole on his reindeer and found Santa there saying, Don't look underneath my Christmas workshop. It is an entrance to a secret. You know not what it holds. And he fought Santa. And he went into his secret Santa door in his workshop. And he went down a bunch of stairs. And he went down and he found a whole bunch of wizard shit. (laughs) Santa has a problem. (laughs) Don't believe what any of the subterranean Santa Clauses tell you. They're all liars. What do you think my elves eat and make toys out of? And are paid in? It's a weird system we have up here. But But it works. That's what isolationist policies get you. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Merry shitmas. Why do you think children say, look at all this cool shit I got? Jackie's eyes flew open. In horror and surprise, and then squinted shut in just horror. <laughs> that was disgust. Mm-hmm. And disgust, yes, again. <sighs> how, close are we? how close are we to it really happened? 100%? 200%? That that really happened with the whole Santa thing? Yep. Uh, probably 100%. Hell yeah. You can't go higher than 100%. Yeah, when you were saying true. 200%, they just happened twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the North Pole and the South Pole, where anti-Santa lives. So, speaking of North Pole and South Pole, I, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. The Arctic hole was 4,000 <laughs> 4, miles wide. Oh, okay. And the Antarctic hole was 6,000. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, that's an important distinction. It's weird because, like, he had to be basing this on something, but, like, what was his method? Like, what? I don't know. Did he look at, like, a globe on his desk and be like, what's underneath this cap here? What are they hiding? And he opens it up, and there's a hole there where the pin slots, and he's like, my God. He looks into his, there's hollow. There's shit in here. (laughs) Who's been shitting in my globe? (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on, people. So as you could imagine... The world's reception was not great. Siamese's own son was quoted as saying, its reception by the public can easily be imagined. It was overwhelmed with ridicule as the product of a distempered imagination or the result of partial insanity. It was for many years a fruitful source of jest with the newspapers. So that's pretty sad. Yeah. Sad reception. And he sent um, 500 copies of this out. He did find a financial backer to help him, a Mr. James McBride. He was one of the backers, mm-hmm. at least of the initial advertisement. Um, one of these circulars was sent to the United States Congress, where he lobbied them for money to fund this expedition. And it mostly fell on deaf ears who were like, this guy's crazy. But there was one person 
who had a sympathetic turn. And this was our very own, very admirable, everyone's favorite president, John Quincy Adams. Wow. <laughs> so John Quincy Adams became president in a way where there was like kind of a tie and then Congress didn't pick the other guy because he was too extreme. So John Quincy Adams became president and um, no one really liked him very much. So John Quincy Adams being behind this scheme was not helpful. And when he didn't win re-election, this did not continue. <laughs> Got the president of the United States on his side, though. That's yeah. even even an unpopular president is pretty pretty good. Hey, he tied. That's true. He, that's true. He tied. And they they voted for him. They got him in. So he he uh, he apparently wasn't that. You know, he had fifty point one percent. It's good backing. It's true. <laughs> You're right. He had a fifty percent approval rating. That's not bad. Oh, hmm. think about it. Think about it. Think about it. I am. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. Think about it. Okay. I don't know. Did they, did they only poll people who could vote? Because that's a lot less than half. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, it's not as good. Or only people who did vote. Oh, even smaller. Yeah. Although people used to vote more according to Mark Camposano's insane history of voting. That's true. That's where your 200% comes in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stuff those ballot boxes full for John Quincy Adams. <laughs> yeah. Just like we would stuff the earth full of expeditioners. For every person's carcass we throw down onto this subterranean earth, it just makes the distance we have to travel shorter and shorter in the end. So get in there, men. Well, ride your corpses to victory. So as with most things, the truth is probably uh, a little less sensational. Uh, John Quincy Adams, he was more... John Machine Qu- than man. <laughs> no, so it seems like from the things that I was reading that he was more intrigued with the idea of an exploration of the poles than of actually trying to find an entryway into the other concentric spheres of the earth. Mm. And he was supporting it mostly because he wanted some exploration. Yeah. I don't know. I I would like to believe that John Quincy Adams believed in the, in the concentric spheres inside the earth. It's a little more fun that way. (laughs) History's in the minds of the imagination. (laughs) Kind of. I mean, yeah, I like, I read a lot of history, a lot of history books and a lot of historians are like, well, we've got this evidence and I'm going to conjecture from that and in my imagination, we must imagine this. And what if this happened? And so that changes this reading of history. If we say in our reading of history, John Quincy Adams truly believed that there were concentric Earths inside that he wanted to explore, that changes a lot of U.S. history in our reading. Mm-hmm. And that's important and worth looking into. Well, he was not well liked, so... Probably because he believed in concentric Earths. <laughs> but he did succeed in having some exploration of natural phenomena to find uh, the concentric earths and to find the smaller and smaller john quincy adamses that are inside <laughs> hopefully with higher approval ratings there can get their only secrets. be one <laughs> john quincy adams I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll eat the smaller ones to gain their power and approval rating i don't care what the increasingly mole-like people vote for in these concentric circles i am the president these mole people are short-sighted because they live underground <laughs> And they don't look to the future. John Quincy feels with his instincts, not weird giant hand-like things around his mouth for him to tunnel through the earth. That's what sets John Quincy Adams apart from these other John Quincy Adams. He's John a worm. Quin- John Quincy Adams, a, a, a star, not a star-nosed mole. Star-nosed mole. It's yeah. real. Look it up. 
Yeah, that's, that's Noel also bring you bring it up a lot. Uh they just look just so cute and weird, <laughs> and it's just it's they're so it's good. It's cool how they've adapted like that. Yeah, they just little hand nose. Yeah, yeah. So John Quincy Adams did eventually succeed in getting a national observatory funded, and he also was part of helping to ensure that funding for the Smithsonian Institution was secured. So, Which was John- that also secured as part of um, some rich dude leaving a bunch of money to America mm-hmm. and there was the order to like make something and name it after me. Yep. And there was like, but what? Oh. Yep. And John Quincy Adams was like, science? Science place? Attic for science things? Yep. That was my story a long time ago. Yeah, like f- 10 episodes ago, 20 episodes ago. Give Not or take, 20. yeah. yeah. Well, it was um, before I went to England and took a picture of a plaque that said, John Smithson lived here. Mm. Um, so that was over a year ago. Damn. So it's been a while. Good for us. We've been going a while. Yeah. Um, so uh, in a surprise to no one, John Cleves Symes Jr. died in debt. Inside the earth. Inside, inside the a earth. hole he dug. Buried inside the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He Truly. ended up He ended up where he wanted to be. Yeah. Just a little bit below the ground. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fitting, touching, I don't know. Yeah. Not entirely unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the right word for that is. <laughs> Jackie, why were you looking up pronunciations of Halley's Comet before this? Oh, because um, Mr. Halley, whose name I've forgotten, yeah. was an original proponent of the Hollow Earth Theory. Ah, uh, I see, I see. <laughs> and he thought that the comet came out of the hole and went into the hole. Let's go with that. Yeah. It's like a game of pinball. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> The continents are the bumpers, and we got to keep it from getting back in. (laughs) (laughs) I have a quick semi-what if they met. So doctors seem to do some pretty extreme things to convince people that they were not made of glass. Mm -hmm. What would you do to Mr. John Cleve Siamese to, like, shake reality into him that there's no holes? I would wet my hands and run my hands all over him and say, Lick, look, listen, you're making a sound? Are you making a beautiful humming sound? You're not made of glass. Oh, wait, to hollow earth theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought to convince him that yeah, hollow earth theory. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd convince him that it was predic- that his whole theory only made sense if he was made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> and then prove that he's not made of glass. Yeah, 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 that seems the easiest way. Yeah. I think they should have just gone for it mm-hmm. and gone to the pole. And just found nothing. And found nothing. Well, the first, like, successful exhibition of the poles was, like, Way at the end of the 1800s, and many people died trying to get there. So in the 1700s, they just—I don't think they were ready, you know, to to do that. Well, this was it's, the 1800s. It was mid 1800s. Oh, it was mid 1800s. Okay. So maybe the, maybe just tell them about the doomed Scott expedition and ask them. Does that sound like some men who found their way inside a hole? <laughs> now, what have you learned? Never explore. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was the r- rationale he had for why light would get it would in? reflect off of the inside all the way going in? It, the outside part is covered in snow, a reflecty surface. Yeah, I would probably just throw him under some snow and be like, hey, can you see the light when you're a feet underneath snow? No? Now that you've frozen to death? Okay, cool. Well, the hole was 4,000 miles yeah, in diameter. Quite a big hole. Yeah. I, I would so, just uh, keep digging holes. and <laughs> At least part of the I, inner part would have some sun. I, I would, use, I would uh, put a 500-page ad campaign and just say, hey, listen, sometimes people have to learn lessons the hard way. What we're going to do is we're going to go to this track of land that uh, he's going to go in. I need, you know, a hundred able-bodied peoples to just uh, 
keep digging holes and we'll put them in and cover them, ask him if he can see any light, and then we just move along until we run out of funds. I will <laughs> find a big natural caldera somewhere and be like, oh, no, you were- What is you a were, caldera? A caldera is a natural formation that's basically like a big old, big old soup bowl in the earth, right? Okay. It's like a valley, but instead of being like a V, it's like a bowl. Okay. It's a caldera. It's usually left over from volcanoes. So I find a giant caldera. And what mm-hmm. I'd say is like- so you're right about the about the big slope thing, but you're not right about where it was. And I'd then lead him down in the caldera, and then I'd blindfold him and turn him around a few times and lead him back out and like be like, "Look, we're on the side the smaller Earth, but everything's the same." And just like let him let him have let it, him you know. Just, just, so, just let him so, let him just fucking have it, you know. So, so the question of how would you convince him is that you wouldn't you would let him just fully you would fully throw him and engage him into his delusion. I except I just tell him there's no way out from the inside, and every, everyone in here won't uh, believe you. So why not just drop it? So what if you got like <laughs> just I, I mean I don't know what his ideas of these uh, of these sub- subterranean other like peoples would be. But if you had a bunch of stand-in actors who are slightly smaller yeah. than like people you had surrounded, like this, uh, what is it, Calderas? Caldera, Caldera, and and um and just every time you like blindfold and bring them back, they're like smaller people, yeah, and just it'd be like, hey, eventually I'm, I just have just mice dressed up in people costumes, <laughs> just like infants in the inner world. <laughs> I'm little tiny Jeff and Quincy Adams. I. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing because I'm a baby. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> yeah, that would be my solution. I feel like that would be the kindest thing. If you had to name seven of your children the same name, what name would you pick? But not after. But it couldn't be your own okay. name. It can't be your own name. Because, you know, I could actually, honestly, uh, honestly, if I had to name seven uh, of my children. Exactly I, the same thing. No, no. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm throwing a little variation of this because this happened to me this weekend. Yeah. Um, you had to name seven of your children? <laughs> yes. Then none of them made it. So I oh, just, I got a chance rough. of doing one after the other, yeah. you know, in memory yeah. of the other yeah. one. Uh, it was very tragic. This yeah. is very dark. Yeah, it was very tragic. No, uh what I would do is I could name all my kids the amount of times that people have uh, like mispronounced or misspelled my names at like Starbucks and stuff. Because mm-hmm. you would have Noel Jr. Like you would yeah. have uh, Noel with the uh, L- the Yeah. Um, I will often get, be called Neil Nolan. So mm-hmm. that's four. Uh, no, the Noah. G. Mm-hmm. Um, I got two more this weekend, bringing me up to seven. I'd never gotten these before. I got N O W L, like like bowl. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. and bowl. I got N O L. No. Yeah, so I I would definitely take that to name and all of them. You're not even using K N O L L. Yeah, yeah, or G N O L L. Like so, uh, up to nine kit. Like I could do all the various. Ways in which my name has been misconstrued, misspelled, mispronounced. There you go. Didn't years. even get Noel in there either. Yeah. No, the first one, N O E L with the umlaut. N O E L E. Oh, E L L E. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there, it's a bottomless well. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time, like the the two N O W L and N O L, never had those happen until this weekend. Uh, two different places. Wrote my name down. Two different ways. Really I'd fucked never it up, huh? seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. The NOL one really threw me. I was just like, all right, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? What have you done here? Um, yeah, so that's okay, that's okay. definitely what I would go with. <gasps> so I'm really bad at naming things in the first place. So I'm what I'm going to do is... I have been thinking about this for a while. And I think I wanna, I, I've got nothing. So I'm just going to open my mouth. I'm going to start... 
<laughs> saying sounds. And I'm just going to see where it goes, okay? Okay. And that's what I'm going to name those kids. Okay? Now, mm-hmm. now, are you going to edit this out if it doesn't make you sound like a hero? I'm going to edit a lot of things out because <laughs> we're going pretty late. Okay. Okay. Klebe. Okay. So, Mandible Klebe? Mandible Klebe. So it sounded like... Jarpatoto. Jarpatoto. <laughs> so what? Chembo. You you got to give us time to to analyze these names as they come out. Kleshtarbadin. Kleshtarbadin. Um, <clears throat> you seem like a mean parent. Pop, yeah. Pop 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 pop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so is they're each named pop, pop, or each of them are named pop, 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 pop. That's just that's just one. This has been several children so far. Oh, so one of them is called Jar and Toto. Another, it sounded like Melando. Mandible Cleave. <laughs> the first one, yeah, I thought I thought his name was Lando in the middle. Ash Ketchum. Okay, stop. That <laughs> so one's the, the name. That the one's po- the name. <laughs> yeah, the Pokemon. Okay, Ash Ketchum. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. Gorbon. All right. So the premise of the question is if you had Dr. to name all of your children Mingo. the same name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> come up with seven unique bad names. <laughs> okay. 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 I mean, they're, they're all bad, uh, but we, okay. they need that common thread. Um. Okay. This is this is the one. This is the one that all the kids will be named. You ready? <laughs> okay. Here. Here we go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just get started saying the name. Ski instructor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, ski right. instructor. All right. There we go. Ski instructor. Yeah. You get a lot of cute little nicknames from that. Yeah. Jackie, what what about you? Oh, um, I'm not sure. I probably would pick this is a variation of my own question, but I'd probably pick all names that rhyme. Mm. That'd be really annoying. But they all have to be the same name, so they all have to rhyme. What's one name that rhymes with itself? <laughs> oh, Tam. Tam Tam Tam. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you're hearing this, then I have just gotten back from the UK, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode, uh, and hopefully I'll have some weird history books to dive into. Until next time, I'm Max. I'm Jackie. I'm Noel. And time is an illusion. We'll see you next time on Anachronismo. cases of glass illusion that was noted was from what's up oh are you handling butts are you throwing butts are you putting butts on your head what are you what are you minding? are you using them as binoculars you're putting them up your but, eyes buttnoculars buttnoculars okay cool i i yes uh, <laughs> oh there's a lot of poop on these i gotta Always helpful when we do a miming bit on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, because it looked like a combination of basketball and uh, just weird. Yeah, there's just a lot of glass butts being passed across the table. Butts across America. Brought to you by Make Fun Network.